0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Magnastics podcast. We're going to be talking about the recent Challenge Cups we've had and then doing a preview for the upcoming World Championships. So we're going to start with the Paris World Cup. So the guy that you've been hyping up for a while now,
1: do you want to talk about him?
0: Yes, I am so excited. Finally, someone who I spent so much time hyping up actually delivered <laughs> so kazuki Minami, who is a crazy japanese boy he showed up to paris and of course at this point not a lot of people knew who he was and he absolutely killed it he qualified him first and then in the final did Even better than he did in qualifying. He stuck his triple-double first pass, uh, 6.6 routine, and honestly, he just makes it look easy. And it's because that is easy for him. If you look at his Instagram, you see all the crazy stuff he can do. So, yeah. Didn't he just post a video of him doing a a two-and-a-half twisting, double-back
1: punch, double full?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he also posted a video of him doing um, a three-and-a-half twisting double back on the track. Not on the floor yet, but I'm sure it'll come soon.
1: So Kazuki got a 15.1 in the final, and then the rest of it was a little bit close. Dolkopiak got a 14.9, and then just a half-tenth below him was Kirill Prokopev. And then uh, Hayden Skinner just missed out on the podium at his first world cup so that's exciting
0: yeah Hayden finally like really delivered on that big 6.5 routine it was definitely the best I've seen him do it for 14.75 fourth place today but obviously that's a big score anyway regardless of the standings also I just want to say that
1: Tomas Gonzalez stuck almost every one of his passes and it was amazing
0: yeah, I really thought he was going to do it. I thought he was going to stick every pass, and then he took like a small step back on his dismount. But still magical. I really hope he makes the final at Worlds, because he's just so beautiful to watch. Was there anything else I wanted to say about Floor? I don't think so. Not specifically Floor, but we should talk about um, William Imard. I was going to hold off on that until we
1: got to the team section where we talk about Canada, but William Amard from Canada, this was his first World Cup event, pretty much his first major senior meet. Um, He was supposed to compete at the Pan American Championships last year, not the games, which were this year, the championships last year, and then injured himself in warm-ups or podium training. I don't remember which one. Um, And then was effectively out the rest of the year. And then just before this, Canada named William to their Worlds team, which I was super excited about because I really wanted it to happen last year and it didn't. And MR really showed why he was chosen at the Paris World Cup it's he made three finals uh floor rings and vault yeah I'm excited to see him in a couple weeks in Germany
0: yeah I think he's going to be a really really good addition to the Canadian team and you could you're right you could absolutely tell why he was on the team as soon as you saw him in Paris because I was really impressed. I know you've been following him for quite a while, but this was my first (laughs) time really seeing him. So I was really impressed.
1: Moving on to Pommel Horse. Yeah, I had a
0: bit of an upset here.
1: Yeah, so Josh Nathan won his second World Cup gold in a row. He looked like he couldn't believe what was happening. It was very fun to watch.
0: Yeah, so he did have a fairly big form break in the middle of his routine but he also upgraded at his first gold that he won the week before Paris. He won with a 6.3 difficulty and he won here with a 6.5 so the upgrade made up slightly for uh, that big form break and he took gold by a tenth with 14.6.
1: Yeah, So... What happened in this final was I couldn't believe what I was watching because Li Chi Kai, who is one of the best pommel horse guys in the whole world and already has like 90 World Cup points like to qualify for the Olympics, fell not once, but twice.
0: Yeah, and not only is he like amazing, he's also very consistent. I can't remember the last time I saw him fall. Me neither. So twice in one routine is...
1: Ooh. Yeah. I'm but like, hopefully he was gold. getting it all out
0: of his system before Worlds.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in second, we have our new surprisingly consistent Kirill Prokopiev getting his second medal of the day.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, where were these 14.5s on Pommel horse? Earlier in the year, Carol. (laughs) But yeah, like Russian Cup and Paris, he hit all his pommel horse routines, which is shocking. Pommel horse has always been a good event for him in theory, but he would hit about 20% of the time. So the fact that he was able to pull off a silver hit was really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, and then in third place was Thierry Pellerin of Canada. And we did not get to see this in the final, but he did got an eponymous move in the Merson World Cup, I think. But he didn't qualify to the finals, I think, because he fell at some other point in the routine, maybe. Um, you know, we never get videos of qualifications, so we didn't get to see it. And then I heard he was coming to Paris, And I was like, oh, this is so exciting, we'll finally be able to see it. And he did not do it in the final.
0: (laughs) I understand not risking it, because everyone at that point was flying all over the place. Yeah. So, play it safe, he just did the triple Russian dismount.
1: Yeah, so, as of right now, I believe we only have video of him doing it in training. But, But it is in the code now, so...
0: Then we also had a fall from Cyril Tomasson and two from Artem Dogopiat. So it was, it was one of those finals. Yeah.
1: Moving on to rings, this, I, I, am not sure if anyone expected this at all. Um, Ali Zaran and Samir Said tied for first um, in my personal opinion I think Zoran should have won outright
0: yeah I, I agree with that I thought that also
1: yes and then in bronze that was also a tie um, this one was broken though so the bronze went to Kentaro Inoki of Japan over Vincent's Hook of Austria so that wasn't one of Hoax' better routines, so I'm okay with that tiebreak. Not for not for the first place, though. Overall, I think this final was pretty competitive, um, and it's only going to be even more exciting for Worlds. So,
0: yeah, I'm very excited, specifically for Ali's Aran at Worlds.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've been hyping him up for a while, you know, just kind of screaming into the void. So hopefully people notice now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember last year we were like, oh, he could make the final and then he didn't even go. You know what? He
1: historically, his execution usually topped out at around 8.4. So he really wasn't getting above mid 14s but he has gotten better this past year so yeah he's definitely
0: improved
1: yeah so in paris his execution was 8.75 so
0: yeah and i don't think he's ever going to be get be one of those guys who gets like 8.9s nines that kind of execution but he's noticeably (laughs) improved and it's cool
1: (laughs) and Vault. I feel like there were a lot of falls, but I don't know if I'm misremembering.
0: No, there were a lot of falls.
1: Yeah, so um, this was another one of the finals that Imard qualified for, and he fell on both of his vaults. I was so sad.
0: Um, Yeah, especially because they're really nice in the air as well. He's so clean.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, shout out to his toe point. Really love his toe point.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, a vault was won by uh, Larice Frasca. So, you know, hometown guy. Well, Samir won rings also. So, another gold for France here. Yeah, um,
0: he won pretty convincingly. The only guy with two 5.6 vaults. Yeah, it was his to take and he delivered.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Jake Jarman got the silver here. I think that's his first World Cup medal.
0: Yeah. He did a couple other World Cups earlier in the year, but didn't do so well at them. Um, but yeah, so he did a really nice Kaz double as his first vault. Second vault he upgraded from qualifying. He did a shoe felt um, instead of a Yachenko double twist. And it was a little bit ropey. But he just about managed to keep it to his feet to secure that silver medal.
1: He did get the out-of-bounds penalty, though. Yeah. Um, And then the bronze went to Adria Vera from Spain. Um, And then, again, just off the podium was Hayden Skinner. Which sounds a little disappointing, but I think for his international debut... I'm pretty impressed with him.
0: Yeah, and it was very, very close. Only a quarter of a tenth between him and Vera. So maybe a little bit of an incentive for the upgrades. We've seen him uh, working on some upgrades in training. So, And then on
1: parallel bars, we had... Some of the usual suspects, I guess. And then some new guys. Um, I think Sergei Eltsov from Russia might have been the favorite going into this final. But he ended up getting the silver behind Kato Sugimoto of Japan.
0: Yeah, this final was a little bit of a mess honestly yeah other than sugimoto no one went above an 8.5 in execution there are a lot of errors including very upsettingly for me uh little alexander kartsev did a beautiful routine and then went splat on his dismount
1: I know that was he was doing so well up until that very last skill,
0: <laughs> yeah, still scored a thirteen point six with a four, which tells you just how nice that routine was. And then bronze went to Ryan Shepard, yeah, yeah, he seemed really thrilled with his bronze medal.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and I took a screenshot of them on the podium during the awards ceremony and Ryan's just beaming ear to ear because he has made a couple finals before but I think this was his first medal at least on parallel bars
0: and I mean we've got to give a shout out to Sugimoto not only did he win but the 9.1 execution score for the 15.3 overall very impressive it was a beautiful routine
1: yeah that's that's zgy territory Execution.
0: Mm, wow. Well. well, anything above a nine. <laughs> anything above a nine is very impressive. Yeah. All right.
1: And then high
0: bar is of course the one I was most excited
1: to watch because competing. <laughs> oh my god. We're such ah oh, we didn't talk about Petrinius withdrawing at the last second.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was like watching the live scores coming in and Constantinidis went and I was like, oh, Petrunius must be after him because they had the two Greek guys together. And then he went and then the next score that came up was someone else, not Greek. And I was like, where's Petrunius? And the whole time we were like waiting to see if anything came up and it never did.
1: Yeah, so again, we don't get videos during qualifications. I just remember, you know, refreshing the the live stream web or the live scoring website and I'm like where is he where is he i'm
0: nervous yeah and then we were like oh did the did the baby come or something yeah but no we've never we had, had any explanation
1: yeah it was no explanation we didn't get any social media posts from either him or vasiliki um I didn't check the Greek Federation website, but um, literally nobody knew what was going on. And then during finals, he came on. He was getting some award. I couldn't hear what he was saying at the time, but I watched his vlog about it later. And he just apologized for... Not competing and said he's saving for Stuttgart. So, um, I'm hoping he was kind of in the same situation as Berkey where he's maybe like 90% and didn't want to compete until he was at 100%. That's what I'm hoping because he yeah. didn't say anything about an injury.
0: Yeah. Um thinking it's probably just either a precaution or he didn't want to compete if he's not at full strength. I mean, nothing seems to be wrong. No. Anyway, I can't believe you just changed the topic when we were about to talk about Tin.
1: Hey, I'm full of surprises.
0: (laughs) Okay, go on, you can let loose now.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I don't... (laughs) I don't have anything to say. Okay, so I wasn't sure what routine Tin was going to pull out in this final. The routine he did end up competing was a little different. Um, He did two different, two Tkachev combos, and then he always does the layout half by itself. But I don't think... We've seen this particular routine construction before. It is a 6.3, which I think up until this competition, he had only been doing maybe a 6.2 at most all year. So this was a bit of an upgrade. Um, He does have a 6.5 in his pocket, though, which he will probably pull out in event finals at Worlds. I'm assuming he's qualifying for event finals, by the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be a big upset if he didn't. We won't even think about that. No.
1: Yeah, so Tin actually tied his highest score of the year here with a 14.9, which is absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, and I actually didn't think it was one of his better routines. I think he can do better than that. I think
1: overall, the execution scores in Paris were a little lenient. So, like, not egregious, but maybe just, like, a tenth or two here and there.
0: Yeah, I found myself being a little surprised by quite a few scores in the high bar final.
1: Yeah, because Tim was actually one of the last ones to go, actually, before he had gone Sergey Elsov was in first with a 14.7. And I'm like, oh no, that's going to be really hard for 10 to beat. 10 did it, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, it all seemed relative, at least, I guess. Right. High boss scoring is a bit weird, because you never know if it's going to be like so harsh, almost no one gets over 8, or it's going to be like, yeah, you have an 8.6, and you have an 8.9. and
1: I think all but... All but two of the guys in this final scored at least an 8.2, so.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the guys who got below an 8 was Nestor Abad, who was having a very nice routine and then went splat on his dismount. Yeah. Which was a shame.
1: Bronze went to Tang Chai Hung. Um, You guys might be familiar with him because he made the event final last year at Worlds. And he's very clean and beautiful to watch.
0: Yeah, also the Universiad champion on high bar. Oh
1: yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it for
1: Paris. I guess we can go on to the Gimurais World Cup now.
0: Oh, there was just one other thing I wanted to say about Kazuki Minami. Okay. So... They haven't said anything about the next World Cup series, but I'm really really hoping they're going to send him to try and get one of the individual Olympic spots. I think floor is one of the events that's kind of open and if he was to try and do it, he could probably grab that spot. So I'm just saying if they do that, I don't know, we might see Kazuki Minami Olympic floor champion, that's all I want to say. But what if both Tin and Epka qualify
1: through Worlds, and then Miyachi basically gets the high bar spot. Then you're in a bit of a pickle.
0: Yeah, but Miyachi also does all-around. He could make the main team. How likely is that, though, really? I don't, he scored an 85 at a domestic meet the other week. But it's Japan. I know. But he could. I'm just saying. Well, he could... <laughs> I mean, realistically, we can expect Japan to get one of the um, nominative extra spots as well. They could put him in there. It's Japan's tough. I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. They've got like 20 guys who could realistically challenge for the Tokyo team. It's I don't know. I think Kazuki would have a better chance at doing well. At the Olympics, than Miyachi, in my opinion.
1: I thought you were going to say Kenzo, and I was going to be like, "Shots fired."
0: Well, <laughs> um, we Kenzo is a question mark right now. That's all I will say. Yeah, but um, imagine a Kenzo Kazuki floor showdown in Tokyo. Imagine how amazing that would be. Oh man, with the home crowd, that'll be ridiculous. Yeah. Yep, and both of them can totally get difficulty above seven. I need it. I need it. And especially (laughs) if Kazuki does the Shirai 3, and then they're both doing Shirai 3s, and then, oh, oh, it's a dream. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Right,
1: so, the Gimurais World Cup. Not too many people here, as, you know, most of the people who will be at Worlds were not competing. <laughs> but it was nice to see some of the younger guys who was maybe their, this was their first international competition. Yeah. So starting off with Floor won by, guess who? Another Japanese guy, <laughs> Takaki Sugino. So he won with a 14 even. And then in second place, very nice to see it. Daniel Corral of Mexico. And then third place went to Patrick Palmroth of Finland. Um, he actually tied with Kevin Cerda of Mexico, but they broke that tie. So um, Palmroth had the better execution. And then there was another Japanese guy in this final, uh, Takuya Nagano, but... He fell, so unfortunately, he ended up in last place. I do want to say, though, I was very impressed with Human Abedini of Italy. Um, new senior, um, so obviously looks very young compared to some of these other guys like Daniel Corral, who are quite a bit older. Human actually made... Five finals here which is ridiculous he made everything but vault because I don't think he has two vaults um, that whole weekend I was just very impressed with him and I think maybe not next year but next quad he's going to be very important for Italy and then uh, pommel horse this was another gold for Takaki Sugino um, this one was not as surprising as his floor win, I guess, because he does have a 6.5 routine.
0: Yeah. He's also the Japanese national champion on pommel horse.
1: Right. So he won with a 14.825. And then in second was again, Daniel Corral. I think those are his two best events floor and pommel horse because he made both of those finals at Pan Ams as well. Um, So he looks in really good shape, and seeing him at Worlds is going to be really exciting, especially after all of his injuries.
0: Yeah, I want him to make the Pommel Horse final. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but it could happen, and I want it to.
1: It could. Um, And then Browns on Pommel Horse went to... The kid I was just talking about, Human Abedini. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I think he's going to be a pretty big deal within the next few years.
0: Yeah, and he also had the lowest difficulty in this final with a 4.9. So to win bronze is really impressive.
1: Yeah, um, I do want to note, th- though, that there was a really big score difference between Corral and Silver and Abedini and Bronze. It was... Over a point, so... I, th- I think that's worth noting. <laughs> rings. Completing the Japanese sweep of the day, the gold went to Takuya Nagano, who... This was, like, a world-class rings routine. He has a 6.3 difficulty, which is, like, one of the top... I think, like, the top 12 or so guys in the world can do a 6.3. So... This was just very impressive. And everyone else was scored at least a point lower than him.
0: Yeah, 14.925 on rings is extremely impressive score. Um, So Takuya is the Japanese national rings champion. Pretty much in a class of his own there. Mm. Yeah.
1: Silver went to... Fabian de Luna. he didn't look particularly impressed after his routine. I mean, I'm sure he's happy about getting silver, but I bet it was just one of those things where even though, like, your number place seems good, you're not happy with how you actually did, you know?
0: Yeah, well, he's... Definitely capable of a much higher score than he got here. Usually at his best, he would be kind of at least mid-14s. So a 13.85 is definitely not his best work.
1: Yeah. And then bronze went to Bernardo Almeida, Portugal. Uh, Vault. Oh, man. Um, There were only five guys in this final. (laughs) I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, There were six, and then somebody withdrew due to injury. I forgot who it was.
0: Uh, Jose Lopez?
1: Yes. So Jose Lopez withdrew due to um, injury in qualifications? No. No. Jose Lopez withdrew due to injury. Um, Can't remember when exactly he injured himself, but then there were five.
0: Yeah, thankfully it didn't seem like his injury was that serious, though he said he was still going to Worlds, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and there wasn't much
0: difficulty
1: in this final. I think I saw two Yurchenko layouts like, no twists. So, uh, Gold went to Sebastian Goranski of Poland. And Fabian Deluna picked up another silver here. And his first vault was pretty nice. And then, I think he actually... I can't remember if he fell or not. I want to say he did because his execution score was 7.85 um, on the second ball.
0: Oh, is that the double front the second bowl?
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wasn't sure if he was even going to get credit for it. It was that bad. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Just because his feet barely hit the floor first. Even watching on slow-mo, I wasn't even entirely sure if they were going to give it to him. But, um... Yeah, and then in third, um, another new senior from Italy, Umberto Zerlini. That's pretty much all I have to say about that final.
0: (laughs) Okay, that was also the only final that was not won by a Japanese man.
1: Yes. Um, So, the winner of the Parallel Bars final was, again, Takuya Nagano. Japan also picked up another medal on parallel bars. Uh, Bronze went to Hirohito Kohama. Um, Silver was won by Isaac Nunez of Mexico. So Mexico actually picked up more medals than I was expecting at this World Cup. And then high bar, they picked up two two more medals. Isaac Nunez got another silver here. And then bronze went to... Kevin Serda. Um, high bar was won by Hirohito
0: Kohama, another Japanese national champion on this event. Really? I mean, he won Japanese nationals with a score that was nearly a point higher than he got here. So, I'm not sure what happened there. I didn't get to watch any of these finals. So, um,
1: yeah, we still have not figured out a good screen-sharing website, so.
0: I was on a plane when that particular final was happening, I believe.
1: Well, I just mean for everybody else. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the World Cups, and now we're going to finally have our Worlds preview. Yes.
0: Oh, I'm so excited and (laughs) nervous. I'm terrified, but also very excited.
1: Yes. So we're going to talk about the teams first and then the individuals. So our teams that are already qualified are the top three teams from last year. So we have China, Japan, and Russia. So China's team is actually the exact same team as last year. So um, I think we were pretty much expecting this. It's not really surprising.
0: Yep. I mean, if it works, no need to change it. There uh, wasn't anyone who did better over the course of the year than um, any of these five guys. So,
1: Obviously, China, Japan, and Russia, they're pretty much the favorites for podium finishes again. I think all of the other teams are a little too far behind for it to be terribly realistic but one of these three would have to make serious multiple serious mistakes and the other teams would have to be perfect to get on this podium so Yeah,
0: yeah these teams are so far ahead in difficulty scoring potential i really can't see the podium being anything other than a combination of these three and i saying that though i really can't call the order i think it's too close to call i i can't do it
1: right i i I can't either so we we're fairly certain it's going to be these three teams in what order who knows so japan obviously they announced their teams really early
0: yeah, although that was before we had a podcast, so we never actually talked about it.
1: Well, we can talk about it now.
0: Yeah, so we've got only two of the members of the team that took bronze last year, which are Kazumakaya and Wataru Tanigawa. And then joining them, we have Kakeru Tanigawa, who is the two-time National All-Around Champion. You may know him as the first... Uh, person to beat Kohei since 2008 that was a pretty big deal and then we've also got Daiki Hashimoto who is genuinely a child (laughs) he turned 18 a couple of weeks ago really kind of came out of nowhere apparently at the start of the year his coach asked him what his goals were and he was like oh yeah I want to win like junior championships and into high school and the coach was like, oh, maybe you should try and make the national team. <laughs> and now he's going to Worlds. So, <laughs> yeah. So, that's. I think that's a really cool story. I mean, he did well as a junior, but he wasn't like... Not like Takeru, who we kind of expect is going to be a big deal as a senior. So, yeah. Actual baby on the team. And then we've also got Yuya Kamoto who is actually the oldest member of the team, but this is his first world championships. He,
1: I feel like he's been around for forever. How is this his first worlds?
0: Yeah, so he was at the 2010 Youth Olympics. He's done well at kind of Asian games, university ad level, and he was an alternate for the Rio team. Personally, at the time, I was like, oh, he should be on the team. But obviously that was a long time ago. Don't need to be bitter about that now, even though I still slightly am. (laughs) But yeah, and I remember it was like the night of so the final trial meet for Japan was their uh national event championships. And so the night of qualifying, before anything had happened, I was like, Oh, what if Yuga Komoto like hits his six point eight P bars routine and they take him to Wells? Like, lol, wouldn't that be so weird? And then he did, and I don't want to say I'm to blame for you, going to Worlds, but I will take partial credit. <laughs> so,
1: I feel like you're dying to talk about Shogo.
0: Oh my god, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the alternate for the Japanese team, even though they decided the main team months ago, they only decided the alternate a couple of weeks ago. Because um, they had another kind of trial event, they had the team compete, and then a few of the guys who, I guess, were kind of the alternate squad also compete. And Shogo Nonomura actually came third all around in that competition. He beat uh, Kazuma Kaya, so they named him as alternate. Whereas on the nominative roster initially they had Kazuyuki him because he came third at Nationals um, and I had really been hoping that Shogo would make the main team but it just didn't quite work out for him but I'm really glad he's the alternate and we're going to get to see him on the sidelines this is the first world he's going to since 2014 and he's one of my sentimental faves and I'm still obsessed with him five years later so I'm really glad he's the alternate
1: I think everyone who follows you on Twitter has noticed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love him. He's amazing.
1: And Russia finally decided their team. Um, A little bit of a surprise here. We have, um, well, not a surprise. We have Nikita Nagorny, Artur Dalilayan, and David Beliavsky. Those three are not a surprise. Um, and then the other two members, we have Ivan Stratovich and Dennis Ablyasin.
0: I have thoughts about this.
1: Yeah, I know you do.
0: <laughs> I do not understand. And admittedly, I don't know what went down at verification, so it might make perfect sense. But based on the results we've seen this year, I do not understand why... Dennis is on the team over Dimitri Lankin. It doesn't really make sense to me because Dimitri Lankin has been so consistent and he's got three good events and Dennis has two and he's been struggling on both of them all year. So I don't understand. His rings are like definitively better but his vault is just so unreliable. And they're losing seven tenths in floor difficulty without Dimitri, who has the same rings and vault difficulty as Dennis. Make it make sense.
1: I just want to let everyone know, if you haven't checked out the Magnastics website, we have like full discussions on capabilities and team selection um, on... The top three teams, China, Japan, and Russia, as well as USA and GB. So check those out.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so on to our teams who are pretty likely to qualify. USA, who came in fourth last year. Uh, we already discussed team selection on the last episode, so um, feel free to re-listen if you want a refresher. I'm not going to say too much about it right now. Um, Our next team who is likely to qualify, uh, GB, and we kind of already discussed that one as well. Did you have anything you wanted
0: to add? The only thing I have to say about GB is they've recently competed at a friendly in Germany, and it didn't go too great for them.
1: Yeah, so Germany ended up winning that, and um, Romania also competed, but to nobody's surprise, they got third out of three.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was just a bit concerned about the British guys. There are a lot of issues at this friendly, and
1: especially on parallel bars, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. And also the thing I thought was really interesting was that Courtney, who is the alternate, kind of did the best of the whole team. So that was a little strange. It seems like he kind of peaked at the wrong time. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So our
1: next team, who is likely to qualify, um, Brazil. I think especially... Seeing how they performed at Pan Ams, they, they seem like they're in a groove, and they're, they're doing pretty well, in my opinion. Um, the team is made up of uh, Arthur Zanetti, uh, Arthur Nori, Caio uh, um Francisco Barreto Jr., and Lucas D'Souza-Bittencourt. Um, pretty much the same team they took to Pan Ams. So, our other team that we think is pretty likely to qualify is Switzerland. Now, I know last year they barely qualified to the team final, but obviously I think they're a pretty solid top 12 team, especially now they have all of their guys seemingly 100% healthy. um, And I think at full strength, they're –
0: they have a really good shot. Yeah, I would consider Switzerland pretty safe. I mean they've got who I call like their big five as their team, which is the same team as they had in Rio, So, Pablo Brega, Oliver Hege, Benjamin Guichard, Eddie Yusuf, and Christian Baumann. Um they're just a really strong team. And I actually I almost feel like either brazil or switzerland maybe even both could cause a minor upset and maybe sneak ahead of gb
1: it's definitely possible i think
0: yeah also since we kind of have had this like top five with like china japan russia usa gb they've kind of been the top five for the last quad yeah. So someone kind of breaking into that top five would be a bit of a plot twist. I'd be excited to see it happen.
1: Right. So now we're going to talk about our bubble teams. Um, maybe ones that might not make it to the team final, but can still get in that top 12. First, we have Ukraine. So obviously they have Oleg Verniaev, Igor Adivilov and Petra Pakniak. So obviously, those those three guys are competitive individually, but they're really the core of Ukraine's team.
0: Yeah, and then rounding out the team is Yevgen Denkov and Vladislav Hrykov. It's a pretty strong team. I think I would expect them to be kind of on the verge of the team final. I don't think they... Should have trouble qualifying to the Olympics, but obviously, sometimes you never know whether Oleg's going to be like a functional gymnast or like a semi animated corpse. So,
1: this next team kind of breaks my heart a little that I have to put them in this bubble section. Um, Germany. So, the team right now is Andy Toba, Karim Rita. Nick Klessing, Lucas Dazer, and Philip Herter. So Marcel Nguyen uh, was originally named to the team. Um, I think I discussed it in a previous episode of the podcast that he had been struggling a little with a shoulder injury, um, but it seemed like he was going to be named to the team after, you know, some medical tests were performed. So he was named to the team. And then just before that friendly we mentioned earlier, he withdrew from the friendly. And then just a couple of days ago, uh, almost a week ago now, he withdrew from Worlds totally due to his injury. And it turns out that it's serious enough for him to get surgery. So he still hopes to make it to Tokyo, though.
0: It's just quite sad because... I think this World Championships was the reason that he kept going off to Rio.
1: Yeah. They're, they're home worlds. So, I know I like to crap on Germany a lot for being terrible on Pommel Horse, but at the friendly, they hit six for six. So, I guess this Pommel Horse lineup is not terrible. Um, yeah, I... I, I'm always wondering why Niels Dunkel, who I guess could be considered Germany's pommel horse guy, is constantly being left off teams. And they kind of showed at this friendly that they would be okay without him.
0: Yeah, they got three whole scores over 13. <laughs> three. <laughs> three whole scores.
1: But nobody fell, so that's important. Yeah. And then our next bubble team is the Netherlands. Now, last year was their first time qualifying for a team final at Worlds, um, which was a pretty big deal. And if they manage to do it again, that'll be really cool. So up until the other day, I can't remember how many days ago, um, we weren't sure if epco would be able to make it to worlds or not because apparently he's been suffering from some sinus problems and has even gotten multiple surgeries due to the issue but um the netherlands just confirmed their roster i think yesterday and epka's on it so that's exciting um they've also got casimir schmidt bart derlo uh frank reichen from Luaye, I think that's how you pronounce it, and Michelle Blederman. I think they are selecting the alternate after podium training. So,
0: yeah, I would expect it to be Blederman though, probably. Our next bubble
1: team is one that both of us are really excited about. Turkey.
0: Yeah, I need them to make it. It just has to happen. Yeah, so has. Turkey has
1: never qualified a team before. Actually, Farad Archon was their first ever male gymnast at the Olympics, and that was only in 2016. So they've had a pretty amazing rise over the past couple of years, um, and I think everyone is really rooting for them to qualify. Um, their team, they have Archan, um, Ahmet Onder. Ibrahim Chalak, Eunice uh Serchan uh, Demir, and Mustafa Arca. But I'm not sure if they've already named the alternate, but I think they're waiting until the last second as well.
0: Yeah, I think if they make it, there will be like collective screaming across the gym to net.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, I don't think, I think everyone is really This is kind of the big, big story for this year, I think.
1: And our next team is Italy. I think if they can repeat what they did at qualifications at Euros last year, not finals because that was a disaster, um, in qualifications, then I think they should be good to go. Um,
0: Plus this year they've got Niccolò Mazzotto.
1: Right, so they, were, they, they said last year after he won Junior Euros that they were going to put him on the Worlds team, and then they announced the team and he wasn't on it, and I couldn't figure out why, because he wasn't injured. They just, like, didn't give a reason after saying just a few weeks prior that they were going to put him on the team. But anyway, the team this year is Mazzato, uh Marco Lodadio, Carlo Macchini, Ludovico Adali, and Nicola Bartolini. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: that's a strong team.
1: It really is. Um, well, obviously, Ladadio is the defending bronze medalist on rings. Adali is their current all-around champion. Um, and then, obviously, Bartolini is another floor vault guy. Yeah, I think he's our floor champion, but ended up getting second on vault. And then Carlo Mckini is obviously going to contribute a lot uh, on high bar and probably also parallel bars.
0: Um, yeah, P-Bars is a really good event for this team. And high bar, actually. So I
1: think their weakest event is probably Pommel Horse. I don't think Italy has any... Super amazing pommel horse workers. So if they can get through pommel horse, I think they're, they're okay. Our next team is Canada. Um, this was another team where I think they're waiting to pick the reserve, but it's Emard who we already talked about in Paris world cup. Um, Renee Cornoyer. Uh, Corey Patterson, Sam Cutney, Jackson Payne, and Justin Karstad. Um, you guys might remember Cornoyer and Patterson from Pan Ams, where they both did really, really well. I guess the veteran on the team here is Jackson Payne, who I feel like we haven't really seen in a while.
0: Yeah, I think he just kind of came back in the last couple months, really, if I'm remembering that right. You just kind of appeared and made the team. <laughs> um
1: yeah, obviously he's been one of the main guys for Canada over the past couple of years, but I think I don't know if he's been injured or not, but he was he was the alternate for Worlds last year, which I think I remember being a little surprised they didn't name him to the main team. Anyway, we haven't seen him too much this year, so Um, And if you follow NCAA at all, you might be familiar with um, Samsa Sakutney, who is currently attending Penn State, and um, Karstedt, who just graduated from Minnesota.
0: I think they're one of the most significant teams that's like, it could go either way between making it and not making it. And... This is a team that could do really well. I mean, we remember how well it did at Pan Ams, and this team has... You know, it's not the same as the Pan Ams team. It's stronger. Mm. So it could happen, and if it did, it would be such a huge deal. Um, But we sometimes see from the Canadian guys, it all kind of breaks down a little. It certainly happened uh, when they were trying to qualify a team for Rio. So... I'm nervous for them. I hope it all goes well and that even if they don't get the team qualification, that they still have a good day. And also, if they don't make it, there's then the whole kind of who's going to get an individual spot thing, which I think could be quite a, a big thing.
1: Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that in a couple minutes when we talk about individuals and event yeah, breakdowns. Yeah. So, um, our next bubble team um, is Spain. A lot of their their guys are pretty familiar. Um, If you've been, they're not strangers to international competition. You're probably, hopefully, familiar with them. Um, Nestor Abad, Joel Plata, Adria Vera, um, who just won a medal at one of the World Cups, brader Zapata Tierno Diallo. Again, this is another group of six guys. I'm not sure what, if they've selected the reserve yet, but um, they may just be waiting like a bunch of other teams. And the last bubble team here is France. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on France. Going to interrupt this little rant about Team France uh, coming to you from editing land. Um, within 24 hours of us recording this, um, basically the entire thing I was mad about got changed. Um, Kevin Carvalho unfortunately got injured in training in France. I believe he Hurt his knee on a rings dismount, if my information is correct. But anyway, it looks pretty bad. He will not be able to participate in Worlds. And after all of that, Antoine Borello is back on the team. Um, Antoine was the traveling alternate, so he's already in Germany. And now they're going to get the second alternate, who's also named Kevin. His name is Kevin Antoniotti, he will be traveling to Germany if he's not already there at this point. They they named the team prior to the Paris World Cup. And um, a lot of the same guys, so Thomasan, Frasca, Outside, Borrello, and um, Julian Siller. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode when they announced the team. I was like, who the hell is Julianne Siller? So...
0: Is that it for teams? Is there any other teams that... Oh, I do want to mention, um, last year, Kazakhstan actually placed ahead of Canada in qualifying. And they did say that their goal is obviously to qualify a team and that they think they can do it. And I don't know if that's realistic, but it's a story worth keeping an eye on.
1: Definitely sleeper candidate.
0: Yeah. Kind of the kind of them career. Also, I'd keep an eye on Taipei. Yes. Also, I just want to say they have absolutely no chance of making qualifying a team for the Olympics. But Finland have a whole team here. And they're, like, one of my absolute favorite teams. I love Finland. Everything for Finland, please. (laughs)
1: Um, All right, so now for our event breakdown. I originally wanted to keep this to maybe, like, 10 or 12 per event, and it kind of blew up into 16.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's impossible. There's just so many contenders.
1: Um, so, Floor. Obviously, we have some pretty big names here. So, Dolgo Dolgopiat, um, Dalaloyan, Nagorni, Carlos Yulo, Zapata, Kakeru, uh, Kazuma, and then Yule and Sam. Um, I also put down Emil here, which is maybe a bit of a long shot, but it could happen.
0: It's that's the dream. It's just the dream. I like his difficulty is so much lower than the other top contenders, but he's so clean and if he made the final, not only would he be in the final, but I would also give him pretty good odds of qualifying to Tokyo individually which is pretty much his only way to get there. And it's just it's the dream. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, please.
1: Anyway. Um, yeah, and then Gishard from Switzerland, um, Milad Creamy, Tomas Gonzalez. Uh, Deng Dung is apparent from China. Is apparently training a 6.7 floor routine. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to pull it out, at least in qualifications, but my interest is peaked.
0: Yeah, so he's never actually competed this publicly. He did it at trials, apparently. The highest he's gone in competition that we've seen is a 6.5, which is obviously still a big number. But he's also not the cleanest, so maybe he'd pull out the 6.7 if he made the final, but without it, I'm not sure he can make the final, so it's kind of... I don't know, but obviously if someone's got a 6.7, you have to keep an eye on them. And then our last two guys
1: um, from the British team, uh, maybe Dom Cunningham could make the final, or possibly Giarni. I don't know. This is really... Like I said, I thought I would be able to contain this to a smaller number of people, but I can't.
0: Yeah. Also, something I think is an interesting point is, do you know when the last time we had a world floor podium without a Japanese guy on it?
1: No, I do not know.
0: I want to say 2009. 2009. Wow. So 10 years. Yeah. That's a long time. And Uh even though they've got Kakeru and Kazuma uh, kind of challenges for the final, I wouldn't say they're metal favorites. So this, yeah, this could be the first time in 10 years we get a world... Floor podium without a Japanese guy, which would be kind of weird. All right. Um, oh, that's... I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot. If you have to call, who's gonna win floor? Um, this is hard. Hey, at least I'm not asking for all three medals, just gold. That's true.
1: Um. <sighs> I'm I'm torn between Dolko and Nagorney.
0: Interesting. I would probably go with Dolgo Yeah. Yeah, he's my tentative favorite mm-hmm. for that title. Okay. On to a pommel horse.
1: Probably one of the most competitive events. Um, Yeah, so we just found out yesterday, I think, that Philip Uday is not going to be at Worlds. So he is not the most consistent gymnast out there, but when he hits, he's absolutely beautiful. So you should never... Count him out normally, but um, when we found out that he wasn't going to, when he was taken off the world's roster, I did some Googling. Turns out that he injured his ACL in the beginning of September, and like nobody announced it. Like, Philip didn't say anything on social media. The Croatian gymnastics federation didn't say anything about it. I just found like a random news article about it, which. Yeah. So. I'm. Digressing a little from pommel horse finalists, but. um, Croatia decided to send. uh, Mauro Nemkinen, who is a new senior. Um, I literally had no idea who he was 24 hours ago, um, but he was fifth on Palma Horse at Junior Euros. So, um, anyway, in this news article that I was reading about Philip getting injured, um, it seems like none of the other seniors really fit. Uh, Croatia's primary selection criteria to go two worlds. So I think um, R L Benovic was maybe one of the, one of the closest, um, but still didn't totally satisfy the Federation, I guess. So uh, they decided to select Nemkin and ba- basically based off of his results for, from Junior Euros last year. Um, I think they know that anyone outside their top three, so anyone who's not Tin, uh, Philip, or um, Robert Seligman, they know that anyone else is probably not going to qualify for Tokyo. So they're pretty much just using this year's Worlds as prep for the next quad for Namkin. That's basically what they're doing here.
0: I wonder if he'll do any other events other than Pommel Horse. I mean, might as
1: well. It's not like he has anything to lose. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Uh, Potential Pommel Horse finalists. Obviously, we have the reigning champion, Xiao
0: Roteng. Um, I'd say I feel like a lot of people overlook the fact that he is the current world champion on pommel horse. I feel like yeah. he gets left out of the conversation a lot and I don't think that's fair because he has a potential 6.6 difficulty and he's very clean and he's definitely a medal favorite here.
1: Yeah, can we also remind everyone that his routine in the final last year, he had never actually competed before or even trained. He just visualized it in his head and went out and did it and won.
0: That is one of the most badass things anyone <laughs> has ever done.
1: Yeah. And then obviously we've got uh, former world champion and uh, reigning Olympic gold medalist Max Whitlock. Um. Obviously, can't forget Lee Chikai or
0: uh, Reese McLennan.
1: Um, I think they're.
0: Yeah, those four I think are kind of the top group.
1: But, but Christian Berkey is going to be at Worlds
0: again. Uh,
1: coming to you guys from our second recording here like 12 hours after we recorded the original bit. Um, I'm really sad about this. Christian Berkey injured his shoulder again and will not be competing. Um, so some of our other pommel horse guys. Um, so Jin Yuan, who obviously is known for parallel bars, but he's also really good on pommel horse. Um, yeah, has hit 15 before, so definitely yeah, can't count a, him out.
0: He's a legit medal contender. Yeah. So is Sunway, actually.
1: Um, and then we have Saeedreza Keika, um, Oleg Vernayev, which y- you can't count him out either. He'll probably make a couple finals. <laughs> um, and then... Cyril Tomasan, David Beliavsky, um, Harukian Mardinian of Armenia, uh, Nariman Kerbanov of Kazakhstan. Um, I I just wrote here Japanese guys because I don't I can't even pick two of them to make the final here.
0: Yeah. So Kakaru Kazuma and Dayaki all have potentially up to 6.5 difficulty. I'm not sure we've seen Daiki compete his before, but he's extremely consistent on Pommel Horse. Um, Kazuma is a little bit messy form-wise, so that might hold him back, and Kakeru is one of those guys where when he hits, it's beautiful, but is he gonna? Probably not. Yeah. Didn't he fall
1: university, Ed? Or am I imagining that?
0: Yeah, he he fell in quals, and then in the all-around final, he like he didn't fall, but he had like a really weird error and lost a bunch of difficulty. Um. But he has hit a six point five this year. So. Yeah, the number of guys
1: in the world who are capable of six point five minimum is. Absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure the Japanese guys are like favorites for this final, but definitely don't be surprised if one or two of them do sneak in there.
1: I already mentioned Robert Seligman a little bit, um, and then Sasha Bertanche, um Both of them are horribly inconsistent, in my opinion, but um, like. Uday um, they are beautiful when they hit. So, um, and then Daniel Corral, I think. Uh, in my opinion, Corral has a better chance of making the pommel horse final than the floor final.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure.
1: On to rings. Super exciting. Petrunius is competing. If he withdraws, I'm going to cry.
0: I mean, we, glimpsed, we had a glimpse into a Petruniusless less rings world at Europeans, and it was a lot of fun, but we don't need to do that again.
1: <laughs> Obviously, this is another really competitive event. Um, not that any of these events are not competitive. I just feel like Pommel Horse and Rings are just a notch above the other events,
0: yeah, I think it's because these two events are kind of where the specialists thrive because they're the most weirdly specific. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, so we have
1: Samir Ayeside, um, Ibrahim Chalak, um, Artur Tovmasyan of Armenia. Um, I do want to note that Vahan. Davtyan, um, Arthur Davtyan's brother, is not currently listed as going to worlds. So,
0: yeah, that's kind of an interesting one because last year they both made the final. And the thing is, when it comes to the Olympic qualification, only one per country per final can qualify. So it would come down to which of them placed higher. And as far as I can remember, Daftian has had the better results this year. So I'm a little bit surprised that they would pick Tovmassian over him unless there's something going on that we don't know about. Um, Not to say Tovmassian isn't also really good. Um, Well,
1: obviously Armenia... They didn't qualify a whole team so they can only send three guys. They absolutely have to send Arturo Daftian, considering he got ninth all around in the finals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Pommelhorse, they're sending Merdinian So that really only leaves one rings guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if they send... Yan and one rings guy, then they can potentially qualify all three of their gymnasts to the yeah. Olympics, whereas if they sent two rings guys, only one of them could make it. So they'd be limiting themselves.
1: Right. So it makes sense that way. Um, I guess we're just not sure why Togmasian was chosen over Daftian.
0: That must have been a really tough one to pick.
1: Yeah, maybe... Maybe they're going to try and see if Davtian could get the World Cup spot, but that's doubtful, I think.
0: Yeah, the Rings World Cup spot is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and then
1: obviously we have Lodadio here, um, Ali Zaran who we mentioned earlier, um, Igor Radivalov, um, Denis Abiazin. Nikita could show up in this final.
0: Um, I mean, let's not forget he got a 14.9 at Europeans.
1: I did forget about that, but thank you for the reminder.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Obviously can't leave out Zanechi, um, Vincent's hook, uh, Wataru, uh, Yuya Komodo, uh, and then also Nikita Simonov, and maybe Konstantinos Konstantinidis, which is the longest name ever. But um, we could have two Greeks in this final. It could happen. Yeah, it's happened at Europeans before. And we did hear that Zhou Jingwan is back to doing rings, so hopefully this means his shoulders are,
0: you know... Yeah, he was doing rings at Nationals, but not at his previous level. But apparently he did quite well at the Trials, so I don't know if that means he's good enough to be, for one thing, trying to use him on rings, and for another thing, challenging for a final. But at his best, he was definitely... Uh, a finals contender on rings so that should be interesting but also i'm like yeah do rings because you're great at rings but then i'm also like keep your shoulders intact please yeah
1: do you remember when he was supposed to do the tokyo all-around world cup and we were so excited that we were he was finally going to do all around and then he withdrew like a week before
0: oh uh, the worst <laughs> And
1: this one's a bit of a long shot, but I'm going to throw Nick Klessing into potential finalist. It could happen. I don't, like I said, quite a bit of a long shot considering everyone else who's in this list, but...
0: Oh, I just realized I forgot to ask you who you pick to win Pummel Horse. (sighs)
1: I really want to go with Lichikai.
0: Okay. And then, do I even have to ask for rings? Um, I
1: don't know. (laughs) I just want Petrinius to keep his streak going, if I'm being completely honest.
0: I mean, you kind of, like, expect him, even though he's been out for a year, just show up and win. But if he doesn't win, who do you think will?
1: Um... This is really hard. Um, Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with Lodadio, which I'm sure you were not expecting me to say that.
0: Well, he's pretty good. (laughs) And he's got the most difficulty. Tied with Samir. Lodadio, Redivolov, and... Samir all have 6.3s which is the highest of anyone who's going to be there
1: yeah and we don't we don't know what Patrice <laughs> will do so yeah alright on to vault Risa Guang is making his annual appearance on the world stage <laughs> Because we basically never see him anywhere else.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, I think like one year he tried to do like Asian games or something, and he like basically died there. <laughs> like he got a zero or something.
1: I do not remember that, but that sounds It was awful. like a few
0: years ago. But yeah, since then I feel like we've only ever seen him at Worlds. But anyway, the
1: one... I am most excited about Yang hak is back and healthy. And if he hits, nobody else stands a chance, in my opinion.
0: I agree. I agree. It doesn't matter that he's got less difficulty than Risa Guang. Because he's so clean. I mean, I know vault scoring is like a little wacky. But I don't think any judge is gonna put Yang Haxion behind anyone
1: really I mean he's consistently scoring like 9.4 plus on execution and he is one of the three people out of the whole year so far who have averaged a 15. Not hit 15 on one vault, average 15.
0: So. Yeah, unless his legs don't fall off before the final again.
1: Oh, stop, stop, don't jinx it.
0: Well, this is what happened two years ago. He qualified in oh. first, and you were like, yeah, he's back. And then he withdrew, which was the worst.
1: Well, did we see him in any of the World Cups that year?
0: I don't mm-hmm. think so. No.
1: Yeah, so at this point, we've seen Yang in a couple of World Cups, and so far, so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, keep your legs attached, and all will be well.
1: So, um, one of the other guys who averaged at least a 15 is Artur Dovtian, who I think, I said this last year, but for the longest time, I, Artur was super clean, but had relatively low difficulty. And he was doing basically the same skills for so long, I didn't think he was ever going to upgrade. And then last year at Worlds, he came out with all of this crazy difficulty and upgrades on multiple, multiple events. And this past year, he's really just blown me out of the water.
0: Yeah, the only thing I think could pose a problem is at lower-level competitions, he usually just does a CAS full in qualifying, and the one time he's gone for the CAS double in qualifying was European Championships, and it didn't go so well, and he didn't end up making the final. Wow. So... He's going to need, obviously, the double to make the final at Worlds, but it might be a bit dicey.
1: Well, I don't think you can count him out in any event,
0: so... Oh, definitely not, because, I mean, for, you know, that one that he had trouble with in European qualifying, that was also the one he stuck cold in European Games final, so... All right, I so... just want to say also, he's doing a Dragulescu now, and it's a really nice vault. But I kind of miss his front handspring two and a half. It ended up kind of betraying him a bit, but it was so high. It was like one of my favorite pieces of gymnastics ever, and I kind of miss it. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, he can't do both because they're the same entry, but.
0: Yeah, also, he ended up kind of going splat on the handspring two and a half, uh, which is why he switched, obviously. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to see him do the front triple, the yank but it wasn't to be. Oh, all right, um.
1: Next, we have Abdiazin, which is really hit or miss, I guess. Also, potential vault finalists um, Radivalov, can't leave him out. Frasca, Bernyaev, Dalaloyan, Shekwe Hung, who apparently has both Risa Guang vaults.
0: Yes, he put up a video um, on Instagram of him doing both. So he competed the Guang one, I think, earlier in the year. And he's always had one of the most beautiful dragolescues, like the only non-cowboy dragolescu in the world. Not well, not the only one, I have seen others, but his was the most notable. Um, So I'm not surprised that he's going for the piked version. So he genuinely could challenge for definitely a medal, if not even the title. Um, Kind of depends how much difficulty he wants to risk in qualifying. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. I'm very excited.
1: So, speaking of Dragolescu's, Dragolescu himself could make the final. If you asked me a couple months ago, I probably would have been like, you're out of your mind. But at the friendly recently, the one with Germany, GB, and Romania, Dragolescu looked really good. Like, did one of his best Dragolaskus in a long time. So... He didn't do two vaults there, but the, his eponymous vault and his floor looked good enough for me to assume the second vault is also good. Um, I would not count him out.
0: Yeah, he just when you kind of think he's done, he springs back up. There's a good chance a second Russian will make the final as well. I do think out of all the Russians, Dallaloyan is probably the most likely to make the final. I don't really know what's up with Nikita's second vault. He switched it to a soup double pike, and it looked quite good at Euros, but at Russian Cup it was like, dude, what is that? <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, and I mean, we were talking about Shek Wai-Hung and his Risa Guangs, but we've also got... Two more potential pike dragulescu's from Andre Medvedev and Watari Tanagawa. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, who could forget Euros when they did not want to credit
0: Medvedev? <laughs> All right, that was, was the Blanek, though.
1: Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> I hate front pike vaults.
0: Yeah, I actually think that his pike dragulescu looks better than his Blanek. Interesting. I mean we have less, you know, examples to go off, but I think I don't know, I think he tucks it less. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and also Wataru um I mean every time you kind of mention a pipe dragolescu it's like, oh my god, yikes, are they gonna die? Yeah. But <laughs> His is actually quite consistent. The only one I can re- He's attempted it several times this year. And the only one I can recall him falling on was at Universiad. And apparently the vault there was really hard. But the speed vaults that they're going to have at Worlds are like crazy springy. So I can see him just kind of going flying.
1: Yeah. See, vaults that are too springy scare me almost as much. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Vault, vault in general is just terrifying. Yeah. The thing about Wataru is at Universiad, he over-rotated the Blanik and like stepped forwards. And that's on a hard Vault. He's like crazy. And I honestly think Wataru on Vault is one of Japan's best chunks, at an individual um, event medal. I think it would actually be harder for him to make the final than to medal if he did make it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Again, kind of like Floor, I think you could also mention Dom and Gianni for potential vault finalists. Um, obviously, Dom's a bit more of a question mark right now.
0: Since he was injured for a bit, but yeah, but at the friendly, he did hit both of his full difficulty vaults. I mean, the Yuchenko triple looked a bit like just about squeaked it round, but he did make it, so he's improving really quickly. So, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him do quite well on vault at Worlds.
1: And the last name I want to mention here. Maybe a bit of a long shot, uh, Kim Hunsul. He has qualified for multiple vault finals, so
0: it's... World medalist. I
1: forgot about that.
0: (laughs) That's why I mentioned it.
1: Big surprise, I forgot about something.
0: (laughs) Okay, so who do you think is going to win vault?
1: Well, I really want Yang Hakusung to win.
0: But do you think he's going to win?
1: He's He seems pretty consistent this year, so I'm going to go with yes.
0: Yeah, he's my pick as well. Okay. On to Parallel Bars, which I think we could say is the most competitive event. It's probably the event where it's hardest to make the final. Obviously... <laughs> The big name on Parallel Bars is Zhou Yuan. Frankly, I will be absolutely shocked if he doesn't win. I mean, there's nothing else really to say about him. He's about as close to perfect as you can get. Pretty much. Well, he's been undefeated since 2017. And the thing is, he's only getting better. And I remember when he won in 2017 and he was like, oh, I want to be more perfect next time. And we were all like, what? How could you be more perfect? Yeah. And then he did it. And we were all just
1: like, how is that possible?
0: Yeah. So. He's my pick for gold, shockingly.
1: I mean, he's the only one who, like, surpassed 16, so... I don't. The only one who could maybe come close is Verniaev because.
0: I wouldn't even <laughs> I go that me. far, to be honest. Hmm? I'm not sure I would go that far. I mean, I know he's come second the last two years and he's got the next highest difficulty, but I think the difference in form. And it's not like Verniaev has bad form, he's got really good form on P bars. Yeah. And also, I do think, obviously, he he's an Olympic champion, but I think that Zhou Yuan emerging has really pushed him to improve also, which I like to see.
1: Right. I was um, going to say that I think whenever those two are competing together, obviously it just kind of motivates Oleg that much more.
0: Yeah. So... Oleg will be one of the favorites for a medal. But then we've also got the Russians, whichever two of them may make the final. So Nagorny, Beliavsky, Daloyan. Beliavsky has the 6.6 difficulty. Um, the other two have 6.4. So maybe give David the edge. But That'll be another interesting battle between those three. Uh, They're all top ten at Worlds last year. Top nine, actually. Yeah, so there are actually
1: a couple of countries who will probably have, you know, one or two guys, two per country out of the final here. Um, So um, Switzerland, possibly, because... They've got Hege, Brager, and Bauman. Um, Though I think Bauman is the least likely to make the final out of the three of those guys. Um, And then any of the Japanese guys, really.
0: Yeah. Um, So Yu Yu has a 6.8 routine. And he's not the cleanest. But I believe the 6.8 will be the second highest at Worlds after Zojinyuan because Vinayev has um, the highest he's shown has been a 6.7 and then of course we've got the two Turkish guys um, Ferhat Arachan and Emma Onda Um, and also can't forget about
1: Petro Pakniuk or Sam Akulik. because Sam could probably make quite a few finals, but Parallel Bars is one of his more likely ones.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Parallel Bars is... He's kind of known more for High Bar, but I do think his Parallel Bars is actually his best event. Um And then
1: uh, Lucas Dowser has made event finals before, but He's only come back from injury relatively recently. We He broke his finger or, like, tore a ligament yeah. in his finger. I don't remember, but it was in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we only really saw him return to competition in the friendly earlier this month. So he hasn't had a whole lot of time to get into peak form and he didn't even break 14 at the friendly. So I'm, I'm not sure, but given the extra couple of weeks between the friendly and world's qualifications, it's possible.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I'm just glad he's going to be there at all.
1: (laughs) That's true. Um, Then the last guy I wanted to mention, um, again, a bit of a long shot, is Marios Georgiou. Our last individual event before we get to the all around is High Bar. So obviously, my number one is Tin. I don't think I need to explain that at all. (laughs) And then obviously, you have Epka. And Sam, who are the only two out of the three medalists from last year returning.
0: Did you really have to bring that up? I'm sorry. I'm sad. I'm very sad.
1: I, I, I think almost everybody is. Any two Chinese guys, really, just pick
0: one or two. <laughs> yeah they've got a lot of difficulty but i'm not sure that execution is um reliable shall we say
1: yeah i think maybe out of all of them xiao is maybe the best but he's been a little injured as of late and we up until recently we weren't even sure if he was going to do all around so yeah
0: although Lin Pan does have a potential 6.5 routine so that's worth keeping an eye out for um, and next name I want to mention
1: Archer Delaloying because he's apparently a high bar guy now <laughs> I, I want to laugh a little every time I say that, but it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the, the weirdest things about his kind of emergence. He's trying to add a casino to his routine. I'm not sure what that takes his difficulty up to. But also, I'm not quite sure it's worth it. So it be interesting to see if he brings that out or not.
1: Yeah, well, the routine he did at um, the event finals in Euros was a 6.1. So he might need a little more than that if he makes it to the final to be a medal contender.
0: Yeah, I just, I, him making the final last year was one of the most shocking <laughs> yeah. uh, finals appearances for sure. Absolutely. But if he makes it this year, it would just be like, okay. This is normal now. Yeah.
1: A second Russian could make it. Um, Obviously, one of Stratovich's strengths is high bar. so Yeah, he's
0: got the most difficulty on the Russian team. Um, And obviously, David Beliavsky is already a two-time world high bar finalist. So, his difficulty isn't that high, but I mean, it could happen.
1: Also, I want to mention Tang Chai Hung. Um, We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, And then I've got two Brazilians here, both Arthur Nori and uh, Chico Barreto. Um, They both did really well at Pan Ams, so Um, Obviously, you can't count out Switzerland either. Kind of like parallel bars, I think Heggie and Brager are going to be the two best on that
0: team. Yeah, I'm pulling for this to be the year that Oliver Heggie finally gets a World High Bar medal. I want it. I need it. Make it happen. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we can't
1: forget about Bart Durlow. I can't even pick any Japanese guys, I feel like. (laughs) Because if if Kakeru actually
0: hits the casino, I don't know. The thing is, if Kakeru hits his high bar in qualifying like he did at Universiad, he could genuinely make the final. And the idea of Kakeru Tanagawa in a world high bar final is so funny to me. Because his high bar is like... No. <laughs> like, it's never, ever been his thing. It's the event that cost him a place on the world's team last year. Um,
1: and also what cost him... Basically,
0: a win at ad maybe. But... Yeah, or, well, definitely cost him a medal. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that casino is not a good idea. <laughs> I don't know who put that there, but they need to get rid of it. So, yeah. Um, I think the two main high bar guys on the Japanese team are um, Daiki and Yuya, particularly. Yuya has a lot more difficulty, but Daiki also has planned upgrades. He's also planning to add a casino to his routine. Um, But I trust him more than I trust Kakeru, (laughs) to be honest. So, um, yeah, both of them have... Uh, potential routines in the sixes, so they could totally get in there. I really, really want Daiki to make an event final. He's kind of on the bubble when it comes to pommel horse and high bar, but I just think it would be the coolest thing to see like a tiny baby child <laughs> in an event final, even though he's not that tiny. Um.
1: And my sleeper candidate for the high bar final, um, I'm I'm going to pick Robert Tvargal here because he
0: has hit mid fourteens
1: this year. So,
0: yeah, European Games champion. All right. So that's oh yeah. Who who's your who's your pick? Who's your pick for high bar? Are you seriously asking me that question? Who do you think
1: will win? Same answer. Okay. <laughs> Who's your pick? That's a real question.
0: Mm-hmm. I kind of—I don't know if this is like a bit controversial. Um, I almost feel like Sam is going to pull it off. I don't. I don't think that's controversial. He is a
1: bronze medalist now. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I kind of wanna say though that realistically Epka's difficulty is so far above Tin and Sam that he might just be able to get it based on that alone. But with him almost not even going to Worlds because of, you know, sinus problems, I'm not sure how that would affect
0: him. Yeah, if it wasn't for kind of the question mark around him, he'd be my pick. But I don't know. I kind of have a feeling about Sam. I don't know. What's Oliver Heggy's difficulty? Um, I have him at 6.2, so he's pretty up there. Mm. I'm not sure that's enough. No. Okay. Now for the big one. All around.
1: I don't know why I sang that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's very dramatic. (laughs) I think we can all agree that our favorite to win is Nikita.
0: Yeah. And that makes me nervous. I don't think a Russian has ever been a favorite for an all around title before. (laughs) Yeah, so the real question is
1: with Nikita, Artur, and David all doing all around, which one is going to get two per country?
0: Could be any of them. Well, I don't know. Nikita's been pretty consistent this year. I'm pretty confident in him, and I hope he doesn't make me sure <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Um, But both Arter and David have been a little up and down. David is definitely capable of beating Arter if they all do their best. You'd think David is going to be the one that's going to miss out. Alright, so
1: there are definitely going to be two Russians in this all-around final. And there's definitely going to be two Chinese guys and two Japanese guys. Um, I don't I'm not sure I can pick which two Chinese guys. Mm. It's a bit of a surprise last year. Yeah, obviously, you have Rotong, who's, you know, two time medalist now. So.
0: Yeah. It's tough because we haven't seen Rotong or Chopin do all around this year. Yeah. But also, they're like. Big deals, and you can't count them out. But also, Sunway is pretty good, and also, Deng Shudi is the national champion. Although, I really don't think they're going to have him do all around, though. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. But then, he is national champion, <laughs> so yeah. they could justify it if they really wanted to. That's true. And then
1: for Japan. We both really want Kazuma to medal here, and he's a genuine medal threat. I think just. We kind of mentioned this earlier, but we feel like people keep underestimating Japan just because Kenzo and Kohei aren't on the team. But um, yeah, we both really want Kazuma to medal. Um, if you had to pick another Japanese guy to make the all-around final, which one do you think would make it?
0: It's honestly impossible to call. Like, it's... Like, I can't... I'm not even, like, 100% certain that Kazuma's gonna make it. Like, you'd expect him to because he's the most consistent and has the most difficulty and has, in the last couple months, been doing the best. But then at the recent trial, Wataru and Kakeru went 1-2. All of yes. them are capable of 86+. plus. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Tanagawas are both as unpredictable as each other. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's. Hmm. I think if they all did their best, it would be Kazuma and Wataru. And I think yes. Kakeru... I mean, if he goes for the casino, mm, yeah, I want to say Kazuma and Wataru, but, I mean, don't hold me to that. It could, yeah, anything could happen. All right.
1: So, um, continuing on this list, by the way, we have, like, we have, like, over 30 guys on this list for 24 spots, so... Just keep that in mind. So, Sam and Yule, I think. They're, well, Sam more so than Yule, but they've both made all-around finals. Yule two years in a row now. And then, Sam almost got a medal last year, but he had to mess up on high bar. Both Archan and Ander from Turkey have a really good chance of making the all-around final. Um, and then Oleg and Petro, Lee Chi Kai, because he's actually a really good all-rounder and not just good on pommel horse. And then from GB we've got James Hall and Joe Fraser, um, Marios again, and Arthur Daftian because. <laughs> I can't get over Daftan being the first reserve for the all around final last year and then being allowed to compete because Cornway withdrew and then he ended up finishing ninth.
0: Yeah, and wasn't he like naught point naught not one away from making the final behind yeah. Marios and then Marios also ended up coming like tenth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That was cool.
1: Um and also can't forget Pan Am's all around medalist Kyle Souza and Arthur Nori. Yes. And then we've got Cornoyer, who I just mentioned and Patterson, um who, you know, like I mentioned earlier, just killed it at Pan Am's. And I have no reason to believe that anything has happened in the meantime to Make them not repeat the same performance.
0: Yeah. Like it was a big deal the last two years when one Canadian guy made the final. So if both Cornelia and Patterson can make the final, that would be like massive. And I really want it to happen.
1: Yeah. What I want to know is if Canada is going to have a third compete all around and then see which two make it. Because they could do that. They could. Another one who we really want to make the final because we absolutely adore him, um, Sophus Hagemsnes from Norway. Um, he just absolutely dominated at the Northern European Championships last weekend. So
0: Yeah, he broke 80 to win the all-around title, which is a score that would put him in contention. For a world all-around final, so please, please, please repeat that.
1: We've also got Laris Frasca on this list. He made the all-around final last year pretty comfortably, so um, definitely a good chance that he can do it again. Andy Toba, who is really Germany's rock right now. Um, he just won the Friendly the other weekend. Um Nestor Abad. A couple of Dutch guys. I have here both Riken Schmidt and Durlo here. Um, I think Bart will almost definitely do all around. I'm not sure about the other two though. So we'll see, I guess. Especially because they haven't even picked the alternate yet. so And can't count out the Italians either, so Adali and Mazzato. Um, Andre Montian, who did very well at the friendly the other weekend, too. Um, potentially two Swiss guys. Um, like we kind of mentioned for P-Bars and High Bar, their two best guys are Heggie and Brager, but Bauman and Yusof have also done all around this year. So I'm not even sure who they're going to have do all around in qualifications. Cause that's, that's a hard decision I think for them. Um, And then Daniel Corral and um, Kim Hunsell, I have to round out my list. So basically qualifying to this all around final um, is going to be a bloodbath.
0: Yeah, it's going to be intense. I am excited and nervous. Mostly excited. I mm-hmm. think I think the excitement is winning out. Yes.
1: Yes, Olympic qualifications are on the line. It's definitely excitement.
0: But also fear. <laughs> That's not a lie. (laughs) I'm very emotionally attached to so many of these guys. I just want people to do well. I mean, you know how intense the test event always was. And now it's at Worlds where all this stuff is going to go down.
1: It's going to be really interesting to see how this changes who goes to all of the World Cups afterwards as well.
0: Yeah. Just before we go, pick for team gold.
1: I can't pick that. That's well, too hard.
0: Well, you have to. Podcast lore <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh,
1: man. Um, I'm going to go with China. Okay. You have to
0: see one also. You
1: can't Mm -hmm. cop out of it. You did not
0: (laughs) allow me to do that. Um, uh, It's hard because I want to say Russia, but I'm also like... um, like Personally, I'm, I'm also wanting Russia to win and I don't know if my like hope for them to win is uh making me like i'm just being optimistic or i actually think they're gonna win i mm, uh, mm. (laughs) just pick one already russia then russia all right russia are gonna win
1: watch japan win after this (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I would be be here for that, just for them winning. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, stick it to all the people who are like, oh, well, you know, then I'm going to do well without Kenzo and Kohei. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Like I said, any of these top three teams are too close to call and. A lot would have to happen for only two of them to be on the podium.
0: Fun fact, out of the top three, Russia will actually have the least difficulty.
1: But all of them are still really high.
0: Yeah. So, like, Russia's minimum, like, difficulty that they're going to do is still, like three points higher than gb's difficulty or something like that i don't know i did all the numbers they're on the website
1: thank you everyone for listening we hope you enjoy the world championships and we will see you when the championships are over